This is Hammett. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast uh, if you like what you're listening to and support the show. Hello. Hi. So many things. I know, but first, yes. most importantly, yes. happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. We have been recording. Cheers. Cheers. Um, I was gonna, Somewhere there's drinks. Woo. I was going to bust out champagne, but I don't really like it that much. And yeah. I knew you'd only have like a quarter of a glass. That so sounds about right. It just felt. It so is I'm, like two you, o'clock. Well, it's Friday. <laughs> Day drinking it is. It's Friday. <laughs> um, and this is leftover from my sister-in-law's wedding shower. Hey, Woo. happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Five, Five years. years we've been doing this. Any, uh, every week. Every week. We haven't missed a single week. Nice. What? Uh, do you have any favorite memories? You can't ask me that on the spot. You have been contemplating I this all I will week? say, I, as much as I enjoy the interviews that we used to do with people, mm-hmm. I really like just getting all this out yeah. on a weekly basis, because otherwise it's just me angrily typing every day, yeah. and just like, I have no one, no one at this coffee shop will talk to me. All right. <laughs> let's... No, I completely agree. Um, also, happy solstice. Oh, right. Yeah. Hey, it's summer it's now. It's so sunny yeah. out. So, let's start with this Supreme Court case, which came out. Yesterday, yeah, not um, This is the only church-state separation case they had on the docket, like major church-state mm-hmm. separation cases. So it's been a long-standing question for a little while now. Like, how are how is this Supreme Court, the Kavanaugh Court, going to deal with church-state issues, and how is a conservative court going to deal with church-state issues? Yeah. And the answer is they did exactly what we thought they were going to do, mm-hmm. but it could have been worse. So here's the story. Here's the background you need to know if you didn't follow this case. Okay, in Maryland. There is basically, in Prince George's County, there is a giant 40-foot cross. It's called the Peace Cross. It's mm-hmm. called the Bladensburg Cross. It's basically a World War I memorial. It's mm-hmm. huge. It's on, like, the intersection between some busy roads and a highway or something. Like, yeah. it's big. If you saw it while you were driving, you'd be like, wow, that's a giant Christian cross <laughs> on the road. Because uh-huh. there's honestly nothing from your car right. that says this is a World War I memorial. Mm-hmm. You have to like go up close and personal to the base right. to read the plaque that says it's World War I memorial. And even when they dedicated it, they're like, this is for Jesus. And <laughs> ever since then, Christians gather. And the problem is that the state, the, the, the town, the county, gets funding, taxpayer funding, to keep this thing maintained uh-huh. and things like that. That's where the church-state separation problem comes in. Why are they basically maintaining a public giant Christian cross? Right. And so some plaintiffs in the area sued with the help of the American Humanist Association. It got up to the Supreme Court. Um, we're talking the government has spent, like, um, what do I have? $117,000 so far mm-hmm. on this plaque. Um, they sued in 2014. It only now got to the court. <laughs> like, this is how long these things take. Sure. And here's the relevant part. This is why it was so controversial. Like, the AHA lost their challenge at first, mm-hmm. but they appealed because they're like, no, this is, we're fighting the right fight here. Mm-hmm. They won at the appellate court two to one, which is always one of those, like, well, it wasn't unanimous, but we right. did win. Right. So the other side was like, hey, entire Fourth Circuit, can you give a look? Because maybe we got to fluke three judges sure. here. They said yes. We'll look at again. We'll look at it again, and they voted eight to six to keep the ruling in place. So it's the right decision for the church state separation side, but again, razor thin margin. Right. So the other side's like, we were so close. Uh-huh. Well, let's ask the Supreme Court to jump in. I have here. a quick question. Yeah. So why? 
wouldn't somebody who loses their ruling at the appellate level, why wouldn't they continue to make appeals? It, like, it so, seems yeah. like this is just how every, like everything is going to either land or not. It land sounds like somewhere. all the the legal cases we talk about, they always appeal to the right. next level. Why would you not? Yeah. Because it costs, I mean, to make an appeal to the Supreme court mm-hmm. besides the like 400 something dollar fee to file, which is not nothing. Yeah. Assuming you actually want to win or you want the court to take it up, you mm-hmm. got to file a brief. And these briefs are really lengthy. Mm-hmm. They're very technical. Mm-hmm. You got to know exactly what it is you're arguing about. And like from a very historical legal perspective, mm-hmm. it's a lot of time for a lawyer sure. who even the few that know what they're doing in this regard, it's, it takes a long time for them sure. to figure it out. So you got to pay for that lawyer mm-hmm. and maybe a team of lawyers to put this all together and maybe keep fighting this case if they're going to consider it. There's a lot that goes on. That's why it's one of those, like, it's not a given sure. that they're going to fight these things. And if you think the Supreme Court's, like, not going to go your way, maybe no you don't motivation. fight it. Sure. Um, the Freedom From Religion Foundation was suing over the housing credits. We talked about this last time. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Pastors get a perk if they have houses, mm-hmm. like, paid for by their church. And atheists don't get that thing. FFRF lost at the appellate level. Do they appeal to the Supreme Court? They said, you know what? We're not going to bother. They're not going to run. We're not going to win this thing. Let's cut our losses here. But anyway, Supreme Court took this thing up. Okay. So here's what the American Humanist Association was basically arguing in this thing. Because there's so many things they said is wrong with this cross, Mm -hmm. among other things violates the Establishment Clause Mm -hmm. because it's promoting religion. This is government promotion of religion. Come on. Um, It denigrates the contribution of non-Christian veterans. Mm -hmm. Even if you say this is a World War I cross, a World War I memorial, you're basically saying only Christian veterans matter. Right. And we actually don't know all the religious backgrounds of the Especially as far back to World War I. Yeah, like I forgot how many actual names are on the plaque. But I think four of them, we have no record of their religion. Mm-hmm. Like, so they're just all assuming they're all Christian. Right. Okay, so that's another thing. They said a victory for the government would actually be bad news for Christians because the only way you get to keep this cross up is to say, it's not promoting religion. Yeah. It's just a memorial in the shape of a cross, and the cross isn't really about Christianity, which is bad for Christianity. Mm -hmm. They're saying, hey, you know your religious symbol you used? Eh, no one cares. Yeah, that's actually (laughs) one thing I wanted to bring up because I don't know how to feel about that because on the one hand, you're right. They're they're watering down what the cross means, right? Like, Mm -hmm. they are admitting or posturing that that a cross is not an inherently Christian symbol, which, yeah, when is, you see the which cross, is absurd when you, on its When you see face. this cross, don't think of Jesus. It's about... But like, doesn't that, on. like, run, run risk on our end for, like, if we keep secularizing the cross, which is a bananas thing that I just had mm-hmm. to say, then it's going to be... Then they could put up crosses everywhere because exactly. they're secular symbols. Well, the American Humanist Association what was saying... they say it is? So say, um, say a my the aurora uh, uh government building yeah. whatever wanted to put up a cross yeah and i said no that's a christian symbol right what are they what is it a symbol of if not a christianity yeah i think the argument is it's a generic symbol of a memorial symbol it's a symbol you use for death yeah it's a way to symbolize someone who lost their life mm-hmm. but it's not this is i mean look you don't even have to pretend this isn't christian right they dedicated it as a religious memorial right. the aha was saying look this is a christian monument uh-huh. we're not saying destroy it we're right. not saying say it's secular right we're saying just move it to private land mm-hmm. i mean you could change it you could destroy it if you want to we're not asking for that 
just move it to private land, mm-hmm. keep it Christian. We're fine with that. Yeah. They didn't say make it a secular symbol. Right. But that's what the Supreme Court would have to say if they said it's okay, right? Uh-huh. They also said it's been up for several decades. That doesn't make it legal. Just because it's tradition, just because it's been around forever, doesn't mean we just let it grandfather right. in. And, and once again, that's a, a an example of why these, to me, they feel very petty cases of like, oh, there's a cross on my mm-hmm. town's property. Like, I don't actually care. But when it starts snowballing into things like this, where... All of a sudden, that the fact that we let the little things go chips away at the bigger yes. things, like putting in God we trust in front of schools or whatever. Right, and God we trust is obviously promoting Christianity, but because it's been around forever and we use it as a motto, motto Christians yeah. are like, see, "See, you can put it everywhere; it's fine." Yeah. Um. So that was another thing AHA didn't like. They said it's not a passive display. This isn't just in the background and no one has to notice it. It is front and center. Mm-hmm. Even if you say, "Well, it's not like you have a government worker on the." cross arm of the cross sitting and saying everyone convert Uh like no you look at this thing and you're like it's a promotion of religion let's not pretend it's not and the supreme court has previously said if you put a cross on top of city hall that's that's an obvious violation of the establishment clause what is this (laughs) so that's another one and by the way they've had christian prayers at the base of this cross Mm -hmm. like it's christian saying it is illegal this is the ha's argument again if you say this cross is illegal, it doesn't mean you got to tear down crosses everywhere. Mm-hmm. There may be other Christian war memorials. They get to stay up. We're not saying go into Arlington National Cemetery where soldiers wanted crosses right. on their tombstones right. and saying rip them down. Right. No, all of those are fine. You could say no to this one mm-hmm. and like the handful of others that are other war monuments in the shape of a cross. Yeah. Those got to go, but that's it. Yeah. They're not asking. This is not a slippery slope. Right. They also said, look, there is a famous thing called the, and I'm going to come back around to all of this in a second. Mm-hmm. There's a famous thing called the lemon test. Supreme Court said, this is how we're going to judge whether some law or religious statute violates the law. And basically it says, is this statute, is the law, is it secular in nature Does it advance or inhibit religion? Mm -hmm. Does it create some entanglement between church and state? And if the answer is like bad, (laughs) like, yeah, it creates a mess between church, then you got to get rid of it. Right. And they're saying, look, this advances Christianity. It creates an entanglement between church and state. So like, yeah, it violates your, it violates your lemon test. Yeah. So you got to say it goes. Or the other option is you ignore the lemon test, and that's a problem. Sure. Right? So that's what the HA was saying. Okay, so those were all of their complaints here. They were saying, like, you could use any argument here you want, Mm -hmm. but here's our problems with this cross. And the other side was basically saying, if you get rid of this slippery slope, if you uh, get rid of this... Then we'll tear down churches, I guess. you're, You're hating Christianity. Okay. So what did the Supreme Court finally say after all of this? Hmm. It wasn't just the conservative justices. It wasn't just the five of them. Mm -hmm. It was a seven to two decision. Mm -hmm. And the long and short of it, because there's so many, they didn't just say, here's our opinion for the seven. Mm -hmm. There were like seven different decisions. Really? Yeah. So there's no majority opinion? There wasn't one majority opinion. There was like one that Sam Alito wrote Uh for the majority. Uh Uh-huh which was like signed on by like four of the justices. Uh A couple of the other ones said, 
I'll give it to you because I want your answer. Like, uh-huh. I agree with your conclusion, but, that's but not, for different reasons. I'm so showing I'm gonna, my work. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I'm going to write my own reason for mm-hmm. why I don't like this. So seven people said, I'm fine with your answer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean all seven agreed on what the reasoning was to get sure. there. So what Alito said, and this is what we're all going with now, is that it's been around for so long... And when you have this, quote, established religiously expressive monument or similar practices, it gets a pass. He said it's indisputably secular because the passage of time has made it, it. has secularized it. And what Mm -hmm. about the lemon test that was so concerning? Like, this is the rule you all use. He basically said, "Eh, it Mm -hmm. doesn't apply here because this has been around forever. We have other ways of dealing with historical monuments so what it basically means it's i uh, i gotta double check i think it's like early turn of the century so it's world war one era oh yeah it's like right after world war one era uh is when this thing went up um 1925 so because it's been around for roughly a century Mm -hmm. he says this basically gets a pass okay so that's where alito is the good news about that is he doesn't say that, like, if what if someone wanted to put up the identical monument mm-hmm. today? They right. go to Aurora, they say, we're going to put this up now. Mm-hmm. That could very well be illegal. Uh, if you see another Christian cross symbol that went up recently, mm-hmm. and by the way, the American Humanist Association is currently waiting on the Supreme Court to decide if their case involving another Christian cross in Florida, mm-hmm. very similar to this one, but it's newer. Right. What about that one? Right. We're waiting to hear what the Supreme Court's going to say with that one, if they're even going to take up the case. So we don't know. So he says it's historical, so it passes. Uh, even Neil Gorsuch wrote in his separate opinion, well, how old is Yeah, that's old? exactly what when, I was about to say. When does it count as historical? Uh-huh. And Gorsuch actually brought that up, and we don't get an answer to that. Here's what Gorsuch wrote in his separate concurring opinion. How old must a monument, symbol, or practice be to qualify for this new presumption? It seems 94 years is enough, but what about the Star of David monument erected in South Carolina in 2001 to commemorate victims of the Holocaust? Or the cross that Marines in California placed in 2004 regarding the war on terror. And where in the Constitution does this presumption come from? Right. Basically saying, Alito, I'll give it to you because I want your answer. But... But what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. So it's a good... It's a fair question. Um, Okay. So that's the answer. It's not exactly satisfactory. I mean, the American Human Association lost. Right. But if that's the reason you're going with, the lemon test is still there. You yeah, can they didn't... use it. They didn't get rid of it. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh was like, yeah, we should totally get rid of the lemon test. And I have what? a new test we should use. Oh. This is his separate <laughs> thing. He's like, face. so call it whatever you want. The beer test, the concurrence. He's like, <laughs> look, his argument is that the, the reason this cross is okay is it, it doesn't coerce you into accepting Christianity. And he says, here's when there's no violation. If it's not coercive, if the government is not coercing you, and the following three things, any one of them, if it's rooted in history or tradition, if it treats religious people equally compared to secular people, if it reaches a permissible legislative accommodation, exemption, like you're doing this for a good reason. Mm. If all those things are accurate, like it's not coercive and you have a good reason for putting it up, 
then I say it's okay. That's Brett Kavanaugh's test. Wow, I can't believe I disagree with Brett Kavanaugh. It's <laughs> wild. Yeah, and basically uh, no one signed on to his, his opinion. <laughs> so no one likes his new test. So the lemon test is still there. Um, Alito also said, like, plenty of other things are just like this cross. They've been around forever. We basically treat it as secular. For example, Notre Dame. Well, Alito, um, I'm going to push back on that because I... Sure. Wait, wait, wait. It's been a long time since I was in France. He said the church is a cultural symbol. It's No one sees it as a church, even though it is a church. And holds... Doesn't it hold mass still? It still holds mass. There's mass inside. They just had the first mass since the fire, like last week. He says it's more or less really a secular quick, cultural symbol. It's not in America, so maybe that's not like a super good example yeah. well, you then, should use. Then he said, well, what about like the city of Providence, Rhode Island? <laughs> He's like, no one's pretending that's religious just because it has a it was founded with a religious name or Los Angeles or something. <laughs> like get out your those... straws, kids. Alito's going grasping. <laughs> Yeah. So, like, come on. He, here's, That's so funny. Los yeah. Angeles! He said it. He said this, look, the cross, he says, is definitely a Christian symbol. No one's denying it's a Christian symbol. But he says over the passage of time, it is basically secularized. Alito, you're a Supreme Court justice, not Dude. a Twitter troll. Do better than Los Angeles. <laughs> and by the way, like, the Christian rights reaction Providence, to that. Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah. The Christian rights reaction is like, yeah, <laughs> sure. It's totally a secularized what monument. The- hey, everyone, Christianity's still good. <laughs> but yeah, sure, yeah, Lido, it's secular. Say, Lido. They're all winking at each other like, yeah, we, we're totally with you on this. <laughs> okay, so he said, that this, cro- this is Alito, the cross is undoubtedly a Christian symbol, uh-huh. but that fact should not blind us to everything else that the Bladensburg cross has come to represent. Mm-hmm. And apparently to him, everyone totally sees this as a World War I monument now. It is not about Christianity. Um, He also said, and this was kind of funny, if you want to laugh at a horrible ruling, that destroying or defacing the cross, which, by the way, no one was asking him to do. You could just move it Uh to a private property. Um, Destroying or defacing the cross that has stood undisturbed for nearly a century, that would not be neutral. And would not further the ideals of, of respect and tolerance embodied in the First Amendment. What he's saying is if you keep this up, it's neutral because it's secularized now. But if you take it down, that's anti-Christian. No, it's not, Like, though. dude, I'm double standard right there. Come on now. Uh, two of the liberal justices, Stephen Breyer, <laughs> Elena Kagan, basically said, fine, we'll sign on on this specific cross. Uh-huh. But if another city put up one just like it, we would not necessarily be with you. Uh, Kavanaugh had his Kavanaugh beer test. <laughs> Clarence Thomas is like... Clarence Thomas. Who always says just the worst thing. He basically said there's no coercion involved. It's not like the government is forcing you to turn Christian. Therefore, everyone should shut the hell up about it. Unless... Here's Clarence Thomas. Unless the people suing over this were actually coerced by government they have no business suing at all. And by that logic, no one could ever sue about any of this stuff. Um, He also said, oh, that lemon test, just just get rid of it altogether. Cool. He wanted it gone. Um, In a separate concurrence from all of that. God, he has a nightmare, isn't he? Then Gorsuch and Thomas are like, hey, we have another reason this is a, a ruling that we'll agree with, but we have a different reason for it. They said, you shouldn't be allowed to sue over this the people suing, because, like, what, just because you're offended, you get to sue? That's a dumb reason. Mm. 
But again, by their logic, who gets to sue when the government makes a right. First Amendment violation? Right. Unless you are, how do you, point of the how do you say you are personally harmed? What the AHA is saying is, well, these are taxpayers who drive by this thing every day, mm-hmm. and they get the, in, like, they see this thing, and they're like, well, the government's telling me Christians are preferred over non-Christians. Right. If that's not good enough, what are you looking for? Right. And Gorsuch and Thomas did not have an answer to that. So you had all these separate concurrences. I mm-hmm. forgot if it's like six different concurrences it's saying wild. we agree with the ruling, but not with the reasoning. But ultimately, it's seven judges who are like, fine, I'm voting with you. I can't wait to sue Los Angeles. And then you had Ruth Bader Ginsburg yeah. and Sonia Sotomayor, the two, who basically said, we have one reason this is bad. <laughs> We're going to vote against it. Yeah. And here's just some of what Ginsburg wrote. Sotomayor, uh, Sotomayor signed on to it. Here's Ginsburg. By maintaining the peace cross on a public highway, the commission elevates Christianity over other faiths and religion over non-religion. Yeah. Done. Totally does. Cool. As I see it, when a cross is displayed on public property, the government may be presumed to endorse its religious content. Well. Yeah. Uh-huh. She also said, the principal symbol of Christianity around the world <laughs> should not loom over public thoroughfares, <laughs> suggesting official recognition of that religion's paramountcy. Like, when you put that up there, we know what you're saying. That's so, It's so funny because <laughs> hearing her argument versus, like, the tap dancing Alito yes. is doing of like, well, technically, like it's yeah. so funny, like the clarity of thought she has. Yeah, it's and, just like, simple, a to straightforward. B. Yeah, it's it wasn't even a long rebuttal. It's just like, what the fuck are you people doing? Right. She also said, uh, what about the non-Christian World War One vets mm-hmm. and the claim that no, this is a generic symbol for everybody? She says. The cross was never perceived as an appropriate headstone or memorial for Jewish soldiers yes. or others who did not adhere to Christianity. No Jew is looking at this memorial like, Says yes, you Ruth were Bader talking Ginsburg, about me. a Jewish woman. Yeah. I think she fucking knows whether or not a cross represents her. Yeah. She also said, just because time has passed, it's still a Christian monument. Oh, Come Ruth. On. Okay, so that was the decision. Lots of craziness happening. This is why it was kind of funny when they released the ruling. Usually you have like... Here's within 10 minutes. Here are all the reactions from all these different groups. Mm -hmm. Here's the analysis because everyone knows exactly what to say about this stuff. In this one, it was like an hour. There are no emails in my box. I'm just waiting for the reactions to pour in. There's Uh like nothing, mostly because everyone's like, wait, what the hell did everyone just say? Yeah. Because there's so many things to sift through here. But here's, here's what I'm taking away from this. We still don't know when a religious memorial becomes historical and mm-hmm. apparently immune right. from establishment clause challenges. Mm-hmm. This is what Gorsuch said. When does it become historical? We don't know. Mm-hmm. And the court needs to figure out how we decide. And they did not do that here. Yeah. So that's one thing. Um, the good thing, this decision does not create like carte blanche for Christian lawmakers to just put up Christian monuments everywhere. Mm-hmm. Because part of the th- reason this one stays is because it's a century old. So no one else gets to put it up and say the exact same thing. Right. So that's good. The ruling was limited in that sense. Um, We're still arguing over what test to use when establishing, when dealing with establishment clause challenges. Mm -hmm. Like some of them said use the lemon test, but some of the conservative justices are like, well, we ignored the lemon test in a whole bunch of cases. Here's a list of them. We used other rules for those cases. So like the lemon test isn't the rule we use anyway. But, like, there's no good standard, there's no one standard that we are all using to decide whether the government is promoting religion. Mm -hmm. That is up in the air right now. Maybe this case was going to resolve it. It did not. So, like, 
What do you do with that? Yeah, do you think that this is a conservative versus a liberal thing, or do you think this is starting to creep closer to like Christian nationalism? So here's the thing: like in the Trump era, we've had two justices. One replaced Scalia. It's a wash. That mm-hmm. was Gorsuch. Then you had Brett Kavanaugh. Their votes were not the make or break ones here. Right. You had two other liberal justices say, I agree with the conclusion in this specific case. Right. So this is not necessarily a conservative 5-4 divide here. Mm-hmm. This is not a you replace a conservative judge, we'll see a different ruling. You might see different concurrences, different opinions, different mm-hmm. reasonings, but the decision, it's still going to stay up there. So it's like even the American Humanist Association is like, yeah, we lost, but their spin on this was... It could have been way worse. Like, right. as far as the court we have, mm-hmm. this is probably the best we could have hoped for, which oh. is probably true to some extent. Like, you don't think they could have gotten Kagan on on their side? Maybe in in a different setting. And uh, I I fully agree that if there was a chance this could have flipped to the other side, mm-hmm. uh, maybe they would have signed on to the Ruth Bader Ginsburg argument. But again, this is one of those things that most of the justices do, where it's like if this is a foregone conclusion and I can show I'm bipartisan and I can jump to the other side and not risk my brand. Sure. Like a lot of them tend to do that. You see a lot of like Gorsuch and Kagan are voting together on this issue, Uh which seems wrong on paper, but it's like, eh, if they can make a case that doesn't involve conservatives calling them traitors or whatever, they'll do it. So, so I don't know. I don't know if it was, if it was a five, four liberal court, maybe they would have come to a different conclusion or, Ruth Bader Ginsburg would not have written her dissent. Maybe you have Kagan saying, look, I'll say it's wrong, but for different reasons. And you have all the liberals saying like, yeah, fine, I'll go with you on that. Yeah. Maybe. So the numbers, like, whatever. I think the end result is it could have been worse, but it wasn't. Right. But it still leaves so many questions up in the air. And that in itself is a messed up thing. Um, I should say, again, there is a case in Florida that involves a more recent cross. Mm -hmm. The Supreme Court is going to say whether they're going to take that case up or reject it or whatever. But, like, we're going to have to resolve this at some point. But I don't see how there can be one example that that will be... That will apply to everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but this they feels need like some standard because yeah. right now it's I hope I get a conservative court right. so that they rule the way I want them to rule. And like, no, what you want is here's the rule we use and we can decide whether it applies here. Right. And maybe they make dumb arguments for why this applies or mm-hmm. it doesn't. Right now, there's no rules. It's like, well, this feels like you're promoting religion or this totally is and I can't honestly say it's not. Like, for example, t- this morning, they just ruled that a, I, I'm going to get the details wrong. There's a death row case. The majority of the justices oh, said... Yeah, flowers. It, yeah, they basically said, no, the, the prosecutors basically got rid of every black juror. Right. That is illegal. You can't do that. It's totally racist what they did. Look at the evidence suggesting what they did is racist. It was racist. You can't punish the guy by doing something racist. That's against the law. And there's really... You have to be totally obtuse to not see race in what they did, which is why only Clarence Thomas said, yeah, you should have killed the guy. I Who swear cares? to fucking God, I read um, Clarence Thomas's <laughs> report. But the uh, point is, like, even the most conservative justices besides Thomas are like, yeah, there's no way for me to spin this. So I'm just going to go ahead and say, yeah, this is racist. So bad. But anyway. Clarence Thomas said, the majority's opinion on this is so manifestly incorrect that I must proceed to the merits. Flowers presented... Um, 
Flowers presented no evidence whatsoever of purposeful race discrimination by the state in selecting the jury during the trial I think they got below. rid of 41 of the 42 possible black jurors. <laughs> like, he added, no, it was... if the court's opinion today has a re- redeeming quality, it's this. The state is perfectly free to convict Curtis Flowers again. Otherwise, the opinion distorts our legal standards, ignores the record, and reflects utter disrespect for the careful analysis of the Mississippi courts, said no one ever. Can I, can I tell you what I'm afraid of next week? Next week is the last week of the Everything. Supreme Court. Uh, for this session, uh-huh. if Clarence Thomas is going to retire and he's the oldest dude and he's the conservative, <laughs> if he retires, Mitch McConnell's going to shove through another nominee. We can't it will get home. through. It'll be like the most way more conservative than Thomas. It's going to happen. But Thomas has said over and over, no, I'm not going to retire, which to me is stupid on his part because you have everything you need to get a replacement just like you. Right. Yeah, I, I don't. But I don't see why he wouldn't. If he's going to retire, he'll announce it next week, and it's going to be chaos yeah, for the next year. Um, okay. Anyway, let's move on to a different story. Um, this one is. Do you want to go to a comical one? I just because it's funny. Um, so there is a show called Good Omens. Oh, okay. Have you watched <laughs> this yet? I have not. I keep meaning to, and I just haven't gotten around to it. But, but I heard it. I mean, it's Neil Gaiman. Yeah. So it's going to be good. Great. Um, it's a and show it's about... it's got two really good an angel. Actors. Yeah, it's got an angel. It's got a demon. They're uh-huh. dealing with the impending apocalypse. Mm-hmm. They don't want to go there. They want to enjoy life on Earth. Um, whatever. It's a fun show. It's a six-episode miniseries. Uh-huh. It was released on May 31st on Amazon Prime. I'm drawing blanks on both the actors' names. It's Wesley Snipes from, uh, from 30 no Rock idea. and Doctor Who from Doctor Who. David Tennant. <laughs> Doctor Who from Doctor Who. Well, yes. he's one of the You're doctors. You're right. No, not. He was the doctor from Doctor Who. Don't tweet at me. I know his name is in Doctor <laughs> Who. Michael so, Sheen is the other one. I didn't Okay. So uh, Amazon Video released all six episodes about a month ago. Uh-huh. And it, I think it got pretty good reviews. It didn't yeah. get all the buzz that a lot of shows tend to get. Yeah. But and whatever. It, it had a lot of buzz going into it. And I guess it was fine. Yeah. I haven't heard a lot either way. It was fine. That's yeah. kind of the reaction. It was a good show. If you liked it, you liked it. Okay, fine. Um, that was it. That's the end of the story. Like, And then this... Catholic organization, it's under the group American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property. Hmm. Those three, <laughs> property. Yeah, so TFP. Like American um, Society for Defense. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Of Tradition, Family, and Property. Because <laughs> they know what their priorities are. Yeah. So there's a subgroup there called Return to Order. Anyway, it's it's kind of like One Million Moms. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just like, why do, you, why do you exist? It's just a complaint about shit. Sure. Um, so to Return, be fair, that's what this podcast yeah, is. That is true. <laughs> Return to Order put up a petition, uh-huh. and they're like, we need to get rid of this show. We need to get rid of it. Everybody, sign this petition to cancel this show, and uh-huh. we will send it to Netflix right away. <laughs> the petition said, tell Netflix, cancel the blasphemous Good Omen series. They got uh, 20,000 signatures in the past at least week or two. Uh-huh. Who's going to break it to them that a, <laughs> that a miniseries, by definition, cannot be canceled? Yeah, there's only one season. They've all been released, which means they're going to declare victory. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. They're not making any more episodes. <laughs> and also, it's uh, not a Netflix show. It's Amazon I Prime. I was going to say, I didn't think it was Netflix. But I, thought, I didn't want to correct you and be rude. Yeah, they had 20,000 people who are writing angry it. messages to Netflix saying, cancel this show um, to their credit. The Netflix UK <laughs> Twitter account, okay, we promise not to make any more. 
Amazon Prime wrote a message so to Netflix good. saying, hey, Netflix, we'll cancel Stranger Things if you cancel Good Omens. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, everyone's like, God, these Catholics are idiots. Oh, my God. <laughs> is it even in... Oh, that I, is creationism level stupidity it right It really there. is. I, <laughs> like, wait, for the people who are like, how dare Neil Gaiman... Uh, not pay is attention. Is it really Gaiman? I've always is it Gaiman? It. I don't know. I don't know. remember. But they're like, how dare you not pay attention to a literal reading of the Bible? They don't know how to proofread their own shit. Wait, just really quick. What is their exact issue? Because With the like, show? It's blasphemous. Here's some of the stuff they said. But if you look at... You sh- treat an angel and a demon as a good friend. Oh, okay. uh, The pair tries to stop the coming of the Antichrist. God is voiced by a woman. Ooh. The Ooh, anti- who voices God? I can't remember. The Antichrist is portrayed as a normal kid. <laughs> there are groups of satanic nuns. This is on their list, bullet point list of why they don't like oh the show. Oh my God, I'm reading, watching the show tonight. I know, right? Um, the funny thing is, of all the publicity they're getting for this stupid petition, they could very well get the season, like to season two. Right. Do a uh, <laughs> little. Little big lies, big yeah, little lies. But they called it the cancellation of a series that was already completed to the company that it's doesn't. Conclusion. conclusion. Yeah, to a company that doesn't even do the show. That's phenomenal. Oh I did not God. realize how deep the stupid went. It's it's um, fantastic. Can we stay on the absurdist track? Yes, where are we going? We're going to Alaska. Okay. Um, we have at least one Alaskan listener whose name I can't remember, but <laughs> hi, Sterling, I think his name is. Um, so this is in, uh, Kenai Peninsula. Yep. You know, the Kenai Peninsula that we all know and love. Um, so in 2016, the ACLU of Alaska, um, fought against a policy that said people, that said that people who want to give invocations at any government function have to be, have to belong to local official organizations. Let me, let me go back on this. There's a little more background here. Okay. In 2016 invocations, anybody could give them. Uh Uh-huh. And a Satanist by the name of Iris Fontana, she gave one. Uh-huh. And at the end of it, it said, it is done. Hail Satan. Right. <laughs> and nobody liked that for some reason on this Kenai Peninsula Borough Assembly. No one liked it. So they changed the policy and they said, you have to be, if you want to speak and is deliver an invocation. Timeline? Yeah. They said, you have to be part of an assembly approved religious association and you got to have like a building in the area, uh-huh. which cuts out every minority religion who can't afford a building, groups that exist online. It cuts out atheists, you know, basically. That's why the ACLU sued. And here's the thing. A court said, yeah, the ACLU is totally right here. You can't have an invocation policy that shuts out a bunch of people, so it shuts out a bunch of religions. So here's the good thing that the assembly did. They said, fine, we're not going to appeal this. We'll abide by the ruling. And they said, we will create a new policy that opens the door to everybody. We are not going to create a policy that limits who can deliver an invocation. And basically what they said is, if you want to give an invocation, you have to just submit a written application Mm -hmm. that says, here's what group I'm a part of. I'm interested. Give me a date when I can speak. And to their credit, it was a good fair policy. It was just a matter of like, get in first, right? And that list, when this year's calendar was filled out Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of 2018, after all the legal stranglings, what's the word I'm looking for? Legal strangle, whatever. Yeah, the list included a non-believer, that was the term he used, a Baha'i, a Wiccan, apostafarian, 
And once again, Iris Fontana had got in there too. Mm -hmm. So, okay, they have this calendar. And the the assembly's just like, all right, well, those are the people delivering the invocations, I guess. Mm -hmm. So this week happened to be Fontana's turn again. Uh It was on the calendar for six months now. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, like, this is why... No one was going to get this stopped. Like right. she was on the calendar. So this would have been her second invocation. This would be her second invocation I see. this I was time say, around. I was sure she did the invocation this week. And guess yeah. who put out a petition saying you got to stop this woman from speaking? Satan. The same friggin' group as Netflix. No. Return to order. Part of what is that? TFP. Uh, <laughs> ASDTFP. Yeah, the Ad- same. Chip. The same group said it's appalling for the government to allow a Satanist. To basically do the same thing Christians are allowed to do. Here's what they wrote. How could a public institution, which is meant to uphold the common good, allow a representative of satanic principles? Our immorality, corruption, and vice, what we expect our public officials to promote, evil is being accepted by the public by you doing this, basically. And by the way, no, it isn't. One, she doesn't believe in Satan. The the satanic temple people don't believe in an actual Satan. Uh If you read their seven tenets, they're actually pretty damn ethical. So it's not promoting evil or corruption or immorality. Um, It's way more ethical than the Ten Commandments. And yet 25,000 people signed this petition. But guess what? No one cares what their petitions do. At least they sent it to the right people. Yeah, (laughs) Fontana is closing remarks this time around. It's very, like... Like Targaryen, like Daenerys Targaryen, <laughs> which will not bend must break, and that which can be destroyed by truth should never be spared as demise. It is done. Hail Satan, <laughs> which is fucking metal. Yes, so good. Um, I will say when she gave this invocation, there were like four or five members of the assembly who basically walked out on her. I have a dozen. A dozen Do you have a officials dozen? and attendees walked out. Interesting. Oh, and attendees. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah. Uh, about four or five like actual oh, assembly sure, members sure, sure. walked out, including the mayor. Yeah, Norm Blakely and Paul Fisher, Mayor Charlie Pierce, yeah. Yeah, they all stepped out and like imagine another assembly member doing that when a Christian is speaking. Oof. Like, come on now. She was fine. Like uh, Iris Fontana gave her invocation. She seemed totally fine with everything. Uh-huh. The other members of the assembly seemed fine because they just were like, yeah, fine. All right, we'll move right. on to work now, which is the right reaction. Um, but again, if people are so pissed off that a non-Christian is speaking, good reason to get rid of get the invocation. Um, can I tell you the hero of the story? Who's the hero? <laughs> and maybe, maybe my favorite quote of the week. Um, his name is, and man, this week is going to be full of like complicated European names. William Sibben Morgan. Um, he flew from Pennsylvania to protest to Alaska, and he was interviewed. And he said, "Quote: God will be pleased with our public prayers of reparation. We want God's blessings on America, not Satan's curses. Lucifer is the eternal loser. Let's keep him out." <laughs> I. You flew in for that one, did you? The eternal loser. Yeah. I love it so much. It's like the ultimate Trumpian insult. It really is. Anyway, I just really liked uh, that that gentleman with his disposable income. Hey, kudos to the Satanists for giving invocations yeah, and yep. making everyone uncomfortable. Y'all are doing God's work. <laughs> Speaking of which, okay, let's go to Alabama. Alabama. Uh, two stories in Alabama. Alabama. Jesus Christ. Roy fucking Moore. How Roy the Moore. fuck is he running again? And... Listen, is somebody going to tell him to take up knitting? All right, so give some background on this. Roy Moore... People know who Roy Moore is. I think they might know who he is from like a year and a half ago, but I also think a lot of people are like, why is this a big deal? I don't know that they follow politics, and this is not familiar, but 
before Roy Moore got involved two years ago in his Senate race, mm-hmm. he was the chief justice of the Alabama Supreme Court. Right. And what he became famous for first at a nationwide level is he basically wanted the Ten Commandments monument in the courthouse, not as part of a display. Just no, just flat just up for the reference. Ten Commandments. Yeah, as reference. Um, he just installed it in the middle Wait, of the night. Which gods should be held up before me? I need to go check the t- <laughs> commandments yeah, again. He installed it in the middle of the night. Classy. Then he refused, As all honest people do. Yeah. Then he refused to remove it even when like the government got involved. Mm-hmm. And then when they're like, well, if you're not going to remove it, you're basically not following the law. Yeah. So we got to remove you. Yeah. And they kicked him, and then he ran again when he was allowed to do it a few years later. And they vote. You vote for chief justice. Yeah. He got back on, and he was chief justice again. And that time, he told people, "Hey, even though same-sex marriage is legal nationwide, if Not you're a lower here. judge, eh, you don't have to sign any papers. You don't have to sign papers for gay people." Uh, other things he said, he wants to make it illegal for gay men to sleep together. Cool. Uh, he said 9-11 is the fault of godlessness mm-hmm. in society. He thinks evolution is incompatible with the Constitution. Mm. He said Keith Ellison, who used to be a member of Congress from Minnesota, who's yeah. Muslim, uh, he shouldn't be allowed in Congress because, because he's a practicing Muslim, Brown. who I think did not swear his oath of office on the Bible, well. so he shouldn't be allowed in office. That's who this guy was before 2017. And then when uh, Jeff Sessions became Donald Trump's secre- uh, attorney general, for a, stepped, for a hot minute, he stepped away from his Senate seat in Alabama thinking, mm-hmm. that's fine, it's Alabama. Yeah. Just replace me with another me. <laughs> and so Roy Moore won the primary, and it's going to be Roy Moore versus Democrat no one cares about, right. Doug Jones. And then about a month before the special election in 2017, we find out he's Roy Moore is also a child molester. Yep. Surprise. Well, um, apparently he's been doing this. He's like he would go to malls and like talk to little girls. Yeah, he is. As somebody who grew up in the nineties, going to malls, like I know this guy. <laughs> I know this guy who like lurks around malls and just like tries to chat with like young kids. Mm-hmm. And even at that age, you're like, sir, you're an adult. <laughs> like, what are you talking to me for? At one point, he got close to uh, not a girl he found at the mall, per se, but a, a girl whose parents are like, yeah, you can hang out with him. He's a good godly judge Fucking, man. Uh, he wasn't a chief justice at the time, but he was a judge. Did you call him a judge man? Uh, sure. That's the name. <laughs> uh, he the, the story in the Washington Post revealed, and this victim said it, he basically, when she was 14, would guide her hands to touch his genitals. No, I don't like this, actually. That's what he did. I know. This story goes viral about a month before the election. Not viral. I mean, it got posted, published, a month before the election, and Doug Jones starts moving up. And again, it's a special election. Those have weird turnouts. And the activists are the ones who vote in special elections. Yeah, and in local elections, special elections, you're seeing more older people who tend to be more conservative. Like yeah. the odds were stacked against Doug Jones in a From very the beginning, real way. it was and stacked against him in a special election. Yeah. And then Doug Doug Jones won it was by wild. the smallest of margins, but he won. Did it go to recount or did it? Uh, not? No, I can't remember. I think he won flat out, but it was really close. Yeah. And Roy Moore did not concede. He said the seat was stolen from him. Sure. He, all, those pex, pesky elections. He denied all the allegations, of course, said it was just like a hatchet job on him. What was his, his thing about stolen? Like, what was his justification for saying it was stolen? Um, because the Washington Post and the liberal media went Reported out to on him. report. They, they, <laughs> he says they made up stories about me. Mm. Um, and yet, here's the thing. Here's, so now he's running again. 
And like Republican, even Donald Trump was like, don't run again. Like, if you give me a Republican with a pulse, right. they will beat Doug Jones in 2020 right. in Alabama. Doesn't matter how many liberals turn out. Right. Like, Republicans going to win in Alabama in 2020. The only thing that's maybe going to put a dent in that is if Roy Moore runs again. Because mm-hmm. he will win a Republican primary. You think? Yeah. Really? Because Republicans don't care about child molesters if they're godly but, people. But wouldn't wouldn't at least local like people running campaigns say like, "Hey, dude, like this, like oh, the yeah. GOP in general, the like, GOP, hey, dude, we need the, the Alabama Senate seat. GOP does not want Roy Moore to run, but they have no power to say you yeah. can't run, right? So they don't want him to run. They have fine Republican. I mean, by fine, I mean fine for them. Monsters. They have plenty of Republican monsters at their disposal. Who yeah. would win any race against Doug Jones? Right. And then yesterday, Roy Moore has a press conference where he says, I'm going to run again. And when someone asked him, what are you going to do differently this time? I think he said something like, I'm going to touch more people. <laughs> oh, no! Like, I'm paraphrasing that, but I'm not far off. I promise you that. Oh, um, no. Here's the thing, though. In 2017, the women who came out, super courageous, and there mm-hmm. were multiple women who mm-hmm. came out and said stories about him. Here's the question we don't know the answer to. In the years since... How many more women were his victims but yeah. did not want to come out in that firestorm in 2017 oh. who may have realized, like, you know what? Those women did it. I think I'm going to come out with my story now because, mm-hmm. again, they've had years to think about it now. Sure. Um, and also, you were going to have a blue wave of sorts, I would hope, in 2020. Yeah. So blue, like, okay. liberals will come out even in Alabama, but Doug Jones has a tough road up ahead, mm-hmm. even against Roy Moore especially against any other Republican, Mm -hmm. it is not a runaway for Doug Jones. Not by any means. I mean, this is as good of an opponent as he could imagine. Right. But Roy Moore will still have a good chance of winning this race. Right. Despite being a child molester. Alleged. And despite whatever stories are going to come out about it. Oh, your standards, Republicans. Jesus. By the way, the, the clip that's making the rounds now that I just love is his old campaign spokesman, I forgot his name. Doesn't matter. But basically saying, like, you have to you have to swear an oath on the Bible if you want to take office. And Jake Tapper's like, no, you don't. And he's like, well, I did. Yeah, because you're a Christian. Well, Roy Moore did. Yeah, because he's a Christian. Yeah. But you don't have to swear an oath on the Bible. You could do it on anything. Then the guy just had his jaw dropped. Oh. He's like... Like, you can what? see the life drain out of him. Yes. It's really For like interesting. like, five seconds. This is kind of an oldish clip. In, in, but it happened right as uh, Roy Moore was oh, about I to lose. Oh, I forgot about that Oh, it guy. was glorious. So anyway, oh. Roy Moore is running again. Wow. Alleged child molester Roy Moore is the best the Republicans can do Let's stay in, in Alabama. Let's, Let's talk about this other thing in Alabama. Oh, good. Yeah. So Are we doing the same thing? The Briarwood Presbyterian? Uh, okay, uh, so yeah, two yeah. years ago in Alabama... Um, there is a church, it's a huge mega church in Alabama, the mm-hmm. Briarwood Presbyterian Church in Vestavia Hills. Two years ago, they said, we want the right to have our own police force. Like, your university in your state may have its own police force yeah. to handle university issues, like my school did. And if you like were out late at night and you needed get to get home or you felt unsafe, right. you were told, call the school cops, right. right? Like, that's what you do. But this church is like, we want our own police force. We're going to, they'll go through the training. We will pay them. But uh-huh. like, we want jurisdiction over our little world sure. here. And that's it. Like, so much for prayer. They are just like, give us the force. And the state Senate said, yeah, that's fine. But then the House, state House, just let that legislation die. Mm-hmm. And nothing happened. And since then, you've had a governor change. Still a Republican, but it's a different governor. 
and an identical bill basically went through the legislature again, and this time K.I.V., the governor, Mm -hmm. did sign that bill. So HB 309 says Briarwood Presbyterian Church, Briarwood Christian School, and a different Christian school called Madison Academy get to establish their own police force. And this raises so many questions that I still don't have good answers to. Among them, why does your what the hell is going on in your church that you need not a cop to rent, but your own police force? And what I thought was interesting, it said that the school, the church in the school has 2,000 students and faculty on its campus. That's not how many bad eggs do you have in there that like you need again that you need this many weapons around and this many cops. The size of my high school and like I went to a pretty average size high school. Yeah, yeah. So why do you need your own? That's a wildly low number to anyway. If something goes wrong, does the state have authority over your police force? And if they do, like, and the state says you can do this, you can't do this, Mm -hmm. is the state now getting involved in a church issue? because that could lead to a different type of lawsuit. Um, What happens if the police act unlawfully? Who gets to discipline them? Like, can the state bring a lawsuit against the cop, or does the church elders, do the church elders get authority over them? Can any religious institution demand its own police force? Like, how come a mosque in Alabama... Right. Like, you know they would never get one. The legislature would never give them a police force. Absolutely not. But what's the basis for that? Mm. Um... Do the police at the church have to sign statements of faith? Can you work on that for... Yeah, so can I go work on that police force? Right. And and if they deny me, is that a... Is that discrimination now? Who knows? Um, Can citizens challenge what the cops do? Can you sue those cops? Why can't the church just pay for protection as needed, which Mm -hmm. is what every large group does when you're holding a large gathering of people? And also, what happens, because we've heard so many stories about pastors with sexual assault allegations. Right. What happens when those allegations come forth now? Do they go... I mean, we've heard stories of elders not taking them seriously. Pastors not taking them seriously. Mm -hmm. What? Do you go to the church cops, and am I supposed to trust that they're going to handle this? Right. Do you go to, like, the local DA? What do you do? Like, so many big questions that are totally unanswered here. The ACLU of Alabama says... We're going to file a lawsuit over this mm-hmm. uh, soon. But yeah, that got signed it's a July. Wild story. I think, yeah, it goes into effect this fall. Yeah. That police force will be legal this fall. But again, Alabama Church gets its own police force courtesy of the state. Also, who's paying for these officers? I mean, it must be the church, right? Is it the church? I don't know. I don't think we have an answer on that either. But And it's just wild because, again, this isn't even a particularly big church. So, yeah, like, relative what, to big what, things. Yeah, what does. what? Like, why? Why do they get one? Why do they need one? Yeah. What do these cops have to do that normal police don't do? I don't know. I I don't know. Um, So, um, another cool story in the South. Um, There is a Texas border town that declared itself a sanctuary city, which is great. Chicago's a sanctuary city. Um, But usually sanctuary cities are for people who need sanctuary. Um, this place, Wascom, Texas, de- declared itself a sanctuary city for the unborn. And it was passed unanimously <laughs> by five of the oldest, whitest dudes <laughs> I ever did see. Like, they're all in fucking ball caps and flannels. Like, guys, buck the <laughs> stereotypes. You can do it. 
Um, Mind you, there are no abortion clinics uh-huh. in this part of the state. Uh-huh. Um, but it means like if someone from Louisiana, which may have more stricter laws, mm-hmm. came into East Texas, which is where Wascom is located, yeah. um, they could they're basically saying we're not gonna allow you to get an abortion here. I don't know how they would. I don't know how you stop it. I don't know like what law are they following? Because again, as it stands, abortion is legal. By what right does this town get to say, no, they're not within these borders? Right. They can't. Like what they their ordinance is totally illegal. Yeah. Um and by the way, the the mayor even said to everybody, listen, if we pass this, we will be sued. And we will lose, <laughs> and we can't afford it. And then all five of those white guys were like, "Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm right. good with this. This feels good." Um, they called. Uh, By the way, they said they're not worried about a lawsuit because God will take care of them. Unquote. With lightning, um, they also called Planned Parenthood and Narrow Pro- uh, Pro-Choice Texas criminal organizations. Mm-hmm. The ordinance reads, "Quote: The Supreme Court erred in Roe v. Wade when it said that pregnant women have a constitutional right about their." to abort their pre-born children. This is why we had to take things into our, our own hands and take to the grass, um, grassroots level. Due to the... Uh, this is um, something named Dickinson. Who cares what his first name is? He told this to Fox News. Due to the recent pro-life legislation in Louisiana being so strong and due to risk of an abortion clinic one day moving to Wascom, Texas, we decided to do something to protect the city, which was passing an ordin- ordinance outlawing abortion. So they outlawed abortion, but like... W- w- what makes them a sanctuary? Like, is the sanctuary city thing just I think to like, they just get like them? The term, but they're saying fetuses are safe here. You can't do the abortions here. So, if you don't want to carry <clears throat> your fetus to term, just go ahead and remove it and ship it to Next to Wascom, Texas. Yeah, there They'll you go. They'll protect it. They'll protect your fetus. They're they're not gonna like pay for it or adopt it. But or no, anything. no, 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 no. Or have uteruses, so we don't have to worry about that. The saddest thing about that whole story is that after they voted, the mayor looks to the crowd, and everyone's all for the the sanctuary city Uh ordinance. He looks to everyone, and he's like, save your change, save your nickels and dimes. We're going to need them because they're poor. And he's like, we're going to be sued, and we're going to lose. And he said this like jokingly, like genuinely thought he was being funny. So funny. Save your pocket change. We're going to lose this lawsuit. And like... And these poor people are like, yeah, that's where my government taxes should go. Cool. <sighs> okay, there's, here's another similar city that just screwed up by voting for the wrong people. Okay. Chino Valley Unified School District in California, in Chino Valley, California. For years now, all of their school board meetings have been church services. Like, they really? pray at meetings, they rant against gay marriage, they have Christian prayers left and right. Mm-hmm. They were sued over this. And then they said, we're going to fight this lawsuit because we have a Christian right group that's going to help us out for free, which is always a dangerous thing to say because, yeah, they're not going to charge you for their services, but when you lose, you're you're on the hook. hook. And so they lost the case, and then they appealed. And then the appellate course, at the appellate court, they lost again. And then they asked the entire appellate court to take a look at their case, and they said no. So all that's left is going to the Supreme Court. But like, unlike the giant Christian cross in Maryland, mm-hmm. this wasn't a close vote. This wasn't a controversial vote. This right. wasn't one with any ambiguity in the law. Every judge looking at this is like, yeah, you can't you're do the thing you're doing. <laughs> right. Stop it. So it was dumb to go to the Supreme Court because 
the even this conservative Supreme Court would have said there's no issue for us to deal with. Right. Everyone else got it right. Right. Go deal with it. So it was stupid. So uh, there was an election. There was a three to two majority that kept making all these stupid decisions. Uh-huh. One of those three got knocked out by a more progressive oh, uh-huh. uh, person on the board. So now they have a three to two sensible majority. Uh-huh. And that majority said, we are not appealing to the Supreme Court. Good. Case closed. Let's move on with our lives. So here's the thing. After they made that decision, the Freedom From Religion Foundation, which sued, they're like, well, here's our bill that you owe us because uh-huh. you wasted our time fighting this thing. At the lower court, it was $200,000. At the appellate level, it was more than 75000 So we are talking up to $300,000 in legal fees that a school board now owes an atheist group for doing this stupid thing and fighting it. Even after the FFRF said, we are going to sue you, right. just stop and Please we won't don't. do it. Please we don't. don't want to do this. Yes. Help me but help they you. they did it. Okay. Why were they fighting this lawsuit for so long? And here's why I bring this up now, because all of the, we're not going to fight the Supreme Court, that happened months ago. Here's the thing. The reason they kept fighting, they kept appealing to the appellate court, and then they asked for a rehearing, and they were considering going to the Supreme Court, is because a local church named Calvary Chapel Chino Hills Uh and Pastor Jack Hibbs, which, by the way, two of those board members, the conservative ones, attend, he said, I want you to keep fighting this, one of the th- he said, quote, one of the things you've been tasked to do is the right thing. The community is going to rise and create a war chest to help you. Basically saying, we got you covered for these legal bills, but you're the ones that have to basically vote to fight. Uh-huh. But we got you covered. Well, here's a $300,000 yeah. bill. And? And where is the church? Wondering. Totally gone. No. They are not helping. They're not pitching in any of this. Really? And the reason they've given is we promise... By the way, there was a GoFundMe page to raise money for the legal efforts. Uh-huh. It raised 143000 It's okay. not three hundred. It's not But nothing. it's about half of it. They didn't... The, the city... The, uh, sorry, the school board uh-huh. did not get that money either. Why? Why not? And according to the people behind the GoFundMe page who work at the church, they said... Our offer was contingent on you fighting until there was nowhere left to go. You fought, you fight this till the very end until you have no more options. Then we'll give you the money. And because you said we are not going to waste our time going to the Supreme Court, because you said you're not going to do that, the offer doesn't stand. Really? Yeah. Yikes. That's a pretty so at the recent, that's a pretty important contingency. Maybe they should have put that in bold print. Maybe. Uh, community members at a recent board meeting were like saying uh, over and over, we heard this lawsuit wasn't going to cost the district a dime. Where's the money that was promised? <sighs> One person said, it is the height of irresponsibility that those two conservative board members put us in a position of being sued Good. and the height of hypocrisy that the people who vowed to pay for the lawsuit are nowhere to be found. Hmm. Um. And basically, even those two conservatives on the school board are like, well, we told you we should have kept fighting. Hmm. Which, again, they're like, they didn't even get enough money to pay for the first two court like costs to do the Supreme Court and to force the Freedom From Religion Foundation to have to file its own ruling to the Supreme Court saying, or their own argument saying, here's why you should just reject the case. That would have cost a lot more. The church wasn't necessarily going to cover all of that either. I hate that but so much. It's, it's, they've listened to a religious person instead of smart people mm-hmm. in this case. And, and they, they made got, the wrong decision and they got screwed over. And now this small town is what, going to 
I don't know if it's small, and I don't even know or if they're poor, rather. but this town, that's $300,000 that could have hired, like, six teachers. Right. That could have hired, like, four teachers and done more stuff for the kids. Right. Whatever you wanted to do. Nope. It's got to go to pay the legal use. bills. Yeah. Stupid use because you listen to religious people instead of people who knew what they were talking about in this case. That's so, too bad. That. Um, I want to talk about um, <laughs> a uh, Catholic medical journal. <laughs> So I'm really excited that I brought this to him, and he hadn't even heard of it. Well, no. he'd, he'd heard of the original study. So let's talk about, Here's um, this is about a year ago. Yeah, so in 2018, yeah, in August, like August of 2018, Liberty Council, which is the conservative right, uh, conservative Christian group headed up by Matt Staver, mm-hmm. they basically put out this press release saying, guess what? You know how we keep telling you you can turn, if you're gay, you can turn straight, and that conversion therapy is totally fine? Well, okay, obviously... And you know every... how the ADA and everybody else says it's really harmful? Guess what? Yeah. ADA? Oh, APA. <laughs> I was like, the dentists? What yeah, do they the care? dentists are really the... invested. <laughs> the psychiatrists. <laughs> all the psychiatrists, all psychologists are like, no, you can't turn straight. Conversion therapy is harmful. Uh-huh. It is torture yeah. uh, for gay people. Like, you can't do it. But here's, the, here's Liberty Council saying, guess what? New research was just published, and it really says... Really good research. Really good research. The best. And they found that conversion therapy not only, like, works, it doesn't have any unwanted, like, side effects. Right. It said, and this is what their release said, the study's effectiveness rate for counseled people with unwanted same-sex attraction were comparable to the effectiveness rates of psychotherapy in general for any unwanted issue. So if there's something you got to break your habit of mm-hmm. and you want to quit addiction of some kind and there's a certain like success rate and they said conversion therapy mm-hmm. has the same success rate. So look, it's working. And all harmful effects, this is a quote, all harmful effects were none too slight. <laughs> so 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 I found- So it was a good reason they're like look, it got published it's a credible medical journal, like, check it out. Yeah, and so I... And this is, Liberty Council did this because mm-hmm. they've been opposed to conversion therapy bans right. forever. We want to torture people. We you can't torture get people. in our way. Yeah. So um, I found this uh, blog post, or blog called Retraction Watch, which is... Oh, before you get to that. Okay. So this was published in a place called the Lynn Acre Quarterly. Oh, okay. Which I had to look up because I'd never heard of it. It is the official journal of the Catholic Medical Association. And that happens to be a group whose mission is steadfast fidelity to the teachings of the Catholic Church. Cool. Which, and the Catholic Church, of course, says homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered. Dottie's pissed off, too. She's giving CPR to her chipmunk. I see. Catholic Church says homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered. Uh So, like, if you're getting it published in there, you presumably have to have a result that matches with the Catholic Church. So the source of where it got published, not really credible. at best. There were three people who wrote the thing. They were all PhDs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've never heard of these people. Well, Let I me want, look I want to up. get to that in a second. Yeah. Um, so I, I found this blog, this blog called Retraction Watch. Great, and, great site. And it's really cool. Um, and so I was like, oh, Hemant, did you hear about this... Uh, this thing getting retracted. And he's like, no, I'm like weird. Cause they heard about you. <laughs> so I'm reading through this thing in the initial, the initial, um, uh, report of like what the study was about. Retraction watch says, Hey, you know, that paper everyone was talking about, it just got retracted, yeah. but that never gets attention. Right. So they're trying to call attention to it. And so they're like, it, you know, when it originally got published in August, 
somebody from the Friendly Atheist blog was really mad about it. And then they quoted Hemant, um, of the three authors, just one has a background in mental health, and that person is affiliated with a religiously okay. conservative outfit called the Southern California Seminary. Check this out. There were three people who wrote it. Uh-huh. You would think there are three people who know something about conversion therapy. One of them, their credential was a ac- retired educational academic at a seminary. That has, Not who cares? Um, another person was a semi-retired earth scientist. Mm-hmm. Who cares what you have to say about conversion therapy? And the other, like you're about to say, works for Thomas Aquinas Clinic. Mm-hmm which is a clinic founded by Joseph Nicolosi, right. the father of gay conversion therapy. Hmm. And by the way, they thanked Nicolosi specifically in the acknowledgments for giving them all the participants for their research. Yeah. For directing them to the people to survey. So that was one major issue. The second issue that I haven't pointed out in, 20, in 2018 Participants for this research people were all people who, quote, wanted help with their unwanted same-sex attractions. That's not a random sample. That's a sampling of people who think you provide good service. This is like a restaurant owner going to, like, I I need a good, honest survey of how good my restaurant is. You know what? Let me find everyone who gave me a five-star review on Yelp and send them a survey. How did you like my restaurant? And then saying to the world, I took a survey and everyone loves my restaurant. A it's super like, random well, survey. your starting point isn't exactly fair. And what this paper said is, well, we asked people who went to the gay conversion clinic, whether it worked and a whole bunch of them said it did. Right. Like, what are you talking about? Right. That's it's not random. It's not a good sample. And like, it was, I think 125 hell? men. So it wasn't even a big sample. Um, 125 may be legit if you're talking about a randomized group, but this is not random. And so the other thing is, who are you comparing it to? Their whole conclusion is... You did not double blind this study. Yeah, their whole (laughs) conclusion... Yeah, that too. But like they're saying like, it's as good as anyone else going in for an addiction treatment. Well, then show us those numbers too and show us how much better gay conversion therapy is than say a secular mode of getting rid of unwanted desires or whatever. They didn't do that. Yeah. So this is what Retraction Watch is mentioning. So um, the journal is retra- So the journal itself is retracting the article um, based on unresolved statistical differences. Um, so they received these questions about the article. The editor determined that a statistical review of the paper, which was recommended, which was recommended during peer review, had not been conducted. So it wasn't a peer-reviewed so paper, their which problem, is like the bare minimum <laughs> to be a scientific paper. Yeah, their problem is not the sampling. Their problem is not that all these conflicts of interest. Right. Their problem is we asked you, you, you need to have a... A, a control group right. to compare this to. I mean, they're just calling it bad science straight up and down. Yeah. They're like, well, we asked you to do a survey or to compare it to a control group. Mm-hmm. You did not do that. And right. on that basis alone, yeah. we are retracting this paper. But they gave uh, three specific breakdowns. So one is no common intervention was given to participants that would allow for a valid conclusion to be drawn. So, there was nothing consistent across the across the field. Mm-hmm. The paper didn't establish a demonstrated relationship between the intervention and the survey measures. Um, the survey measures in the in that the paper did not clearly address whether all the respondents were treated according to the same or similar protocols for the same periods of time and leisure. But so, in, in other words, it's saying we said we use gay conver- conversion therapy in like. A general sense. A general sense. We didn't say, okay, we are going to spend one week doing this, and we're going to apply these medications at this rate, and these are the... Like, when you have a scientific... I can't have a scientific study and just go out and, like, 
look at birds and be like, well, those bird there were five birds there today at two o'clock. I'm gonna check it out Saturday at five p.m. And if it's the same number of birds, then I think I see a pattern. Like you have to <laughs> establish bounds within your right. within work. The last one is mathematical, but they basically yeah, said you understand. didn't. It's a chi-square test. You didn't do it. You didn't have a control group to compare it to. We asked you to do this. You said no. We're retracting your paper. That was basically it. But the story here is. The paper that Liberty Council cited as defense of gay conversion therapy, which was already a bad paper, but we're used to them like touting bad science. Even the Catholic group's journal is saying, you know what? We want nothing to do with this. Is the chi-square test kind of like the Mendel test with the P's? Uh, I don't know how to answer that, but I'm pretty sure the answer is no. (laughs) It's the thing with the P's with genetics. the Punnett square, Punnett it's not even close to that. But it's squares, so... It's, that has nothing to do with Basically anything. the same thing is what so I'm, I'm hearing. So pl- I'm pleased to see they retracted the yeah, paper. Yeah, that's pretty great. Um, um, <laughs> I have one more story, and it's a Go for it. bummer. Um, there is a um, a judge. His name is, I believe, uh, Matthew Kazmarek is how you pronounce it. It's a very Polish name. Um, and I am from a family of very Polish people. Um, he is a really chill judge who just got appointed to a federal, uh, lifetime federal judge, judgeship. Um, he was voted, he was confirmed 52 to 46. Um, all Democrats, all Democrats voted against him in the Senate. Susan Collins, our fair weather friend, is a one lo- the lone no vote from the GOP. So why is this a problem? Why are we talking about it? I'm glad you asked, Hammond. Yes. Um, he fought for he fought against protections for LGBTQ people in uh, employment, housing, and healthcare. He include he called including protections for LGBTQ people in Violence Against Women Act a grave mistake. In 2015, um, when Utah passed non-discrimination protective protections, he called the law a bad idea because it suggests that discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. Should be taken as seriously as other should be taken as seriously as other forms of discrimination. He signed a 26 letter, 20, 2016 letter that called being transgender a delusion. He's basically a conservative Christian. Surprise, surprise. It's not even extreme. It's Do I just need to say that he's a white Christian. guy? Do I need to make that I, clear? I, and he's like he's fucking 42. Right. He's our age. The, the short version is that he works for First Liberty, which is a conservative Christian legal group. Yeah. They're all conservative extremists. They're all Christian extremists. And Republicans are just passing them through. Doesn't matter how qualified they are. If they're young and super conservative, the answer is yes. They don't care about Susan Collins or Lisa Murkowski. They, they don't. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Susan Collins voted no. Her vote doesn't matter. No. Because they still had three to spare, basically. Right. One in five of the nation's current uh, circuit judges were nominated by Trump. These are lifetime right. appointments. Right. Elections fucking matter. Uh, uh, I even re- if you get rid of Trump in 2020, these guys will be here this forever. Is, this, is, this is permanent. This is permanent damage. This is um, why every one of these, like the 19 presidential candidates for Democrats who aren't going to win and we all know they're not going to win, mm-hmm. would be better off like using their popularity right now and like the access to free media. Uh-huh. Use it and then say, you know what, I'm dropping out of this race and running for Senate. Like Hickenlooper mm-hmm. in Colorado yeah. or... I'm sorry, Bennett in Colorado, whoever it is. I can't. What Montana? Steve Bullock, go run for Senate where you can win. Stage, yeah, and it's 
this is what happens when who cares if you win the presidency? You can block people, but you can't get anyone through if Democrats don't have right. the Senate. Republicans know that. I don't understand how these people who are wrong about so many things manage to have the perfect strategy when it comes to getting court nominees it's be- through. It's because when you have when you it's have all a that singular goal, it's much easier to get to that. Democrats, and this isn't necessarily a criticism, but Democrats have a lot of issues that they're trying to tackle. No, it's they're stupid. trying to pr- this is, it should, like, no, blame Democrats for it, for being idiots on this, because all the issues that Democrats care about all rely on having a court that recognizes those rights and responsibilities, too, and too many Democrats don't give a shit about judgeships, and they're only swayed by, like, what are your policies regarding one issue or another? Yeah. I want to know what you say about climate change or LGBTQ rights or women's rights. That's great. Mm-hmm. But all of that requires judges yeah. who are going to uphold those laws when you pass them. In a reasonable and way. And Democrats as a whole have never, as a voting block, as all Democrats altogether, have never cared about judges as much as Republicans have cared about judges. Mm-hmm. And, like, Mitch McConnell is blocking every piece of legislation he can... But on judges, he's like, oh, yeah, we'll schedule those as soon. We're going to stop the debates on them. We will limit it from like 48 hours to two so we can get even more through. Every one Um, of the ones that he blocked from Obama from nominating or like even holding in a... It's not just Merrick Garland. He did this with dozens and dozens of lower court nominees, too. He kept it open and he's filling them up as fast as possible so that there is nothing left for a possible Democratic Senate and president to do in 2020. What is going... 50 years from now, when we're both definitely dead, Mm -hmm. um, how is history, do you think, going to look back on this period of time when we're talking Trump versus McConnell? McConnell's the bad guy. Right? Isn't he always going to be the bad guy? Because he is... He is knowingly shoving these, like he knows yeah, exactly Trump is what he's stupid, doing. but he'll do what he's told. Right. McConnell knows what he's doing yeah. and he's using it for Dastardly. all the worst reasons. Yeah. Like you have to convince him to fund 9-11 health care for the first responders. Like John Stewart has to go give a speech Jeez. only because Mitch McConnell's in his way. Yeah. That's why he had to do all the shit he who, did. Who is, who made the McConnell graveyard? Was it um, Harris? Somebody, or maybe it was, it doesn't matter. Somebody made the McConnell graveyard of all of the bills. The legislation, that, the legislation that he's blocking. That's died on his watch. Yeah. I mean, um, he's I the read... bad guy in all this. And again, if you're a Democrat, who ca- it doesn't matter who the nominee is. Right. This is what you're fighting for. This is all the Merrick Garland stuff was meaningless because, like, there are plenty of activists who are like, even if Merrick Garland doesn't get through, if you don't have Hillary in office they're going to get through someone else who's way worse. Yeah. Like, they saw this coming. We and saw it they, coming, but we didn't see the Trump presidency coming, and that is on us. Like, be, because I felt the same thing. De- yeah, you're right. Blame Democrats as a whole, though, because Democrats as a whole never get excited about the Supreme Court or lifetime appointments to these justices. Yeah. And for some reason, Republicans, for all their faults, this is the thing that they know well, and it'll work in every election. Roy Moore could win in Alabama because the argument he's going to make is this is not about me. This is about lifetime judges and the Supreme Court, and I'm the vote you need to get there. So who cares how many kids Roy Moore molested? Mm -hmm. Just put me there. And you know what? Alabama Republicans don't, like, they're fine with that argument. They will vote for him because of that. And Doug Jones is like this guy who stood up for civil rights and races and against racism. Mm -hmm. 
and none of that means anything. Yeah. They're fine with the molester. They were fine with Donald Trump assaulting women. Yeah. They didn't care because they Multiple wanted judges. Um, oh. I want to read um, Chuck Schumer's uh, quote about this. And again, let me it's, guess. He's mad, but he can't do a damn thing about it. Yes, um, but it's a. It's a pretty well-written mad. All right. So, um, Mr. Kazmarek has demonstrated a hostility to the LGBTQ, to the LGBTQ bordering on paranoia. It's unbelievable that this man has been nominated, and he's not alone. One Republican senator rightfully voiced concerns about this man fit this man's fitness. Where are the others? And I, I kind of want to wrap that. And by up. the way, this guy's an extremist, but pretty much everyone they've nominated and confirmed who is not uh, labeled as an extremist holds the same Yeah, views. I would argue saying he's extremist is is unfair because I think... The, the, that makes him seem special. Right. He's not, this he's is, the same he's bad the as everybody else. And I kind of hated, I almost didn't bring this up just because I feel like for the right, dunking on like trans people is their favorite thing to do and I that community does not deserve it and they they need to stop being the target for the evil that the GOP is trying to do. So I'm sorry to our LGBT friends. I'm sorry to our trans brothers and sisters. Like, this fucking sucks and you don't deserve to be their fucking bullseye. So vote for Democrats. Put an end to it. Like, and anyone who cares Donate about LGBTQ people. Guys, this is... Go vote for... De- Why are you voting for Republicans at this point? I don't know if anybody listens I get plenty of shit on this, uh, for this really? on Twitter and elsewhere. They're like, you're just like partisan. Yeah, because there's only one political party that cares about and any of this stuff. I think it's interesting stuff. that we... Why would you possibly vote for a Republican when this is what your party does? I don't care if it's at the state level. Why would you support a party like this? What... Stay home. You don't have to vote for the Democrat even if it makes you feel dirty. Yeah. Stay home. I, don't support this. The things I'm really fucking sick of are this this need that people have, this need that media outlets have to say that, like, oh, we're nonpartisan. Because I don't, I think reading facts and drawing a conclusion is part of reporting. Like, if you just put the facts out there, and I, I don't know, I just I just find it really trother, uh, troublesome that this this like lust to show both sides of the story is why we have a thousand profiles of like random people in Nebraska and trucker hats hanging out in McDonald's during the day. We want to hear why tr- why they voted for Trump. Like I don't give a fuck. I know why you voted for Trump because you're motherfucking racist. Or they don't care enough about racism to say no to the people exactly. who are racist, um, and that's the same sin. Yeah. And that's the problem. Like, I will fight. I'm I fight sorry. with family members about this, where it's like, they're like, oh, you only watch, like, liberal media. I'm like, no, I don't. They are not partisan who say Democrats are all good all the time. Right. They're just reporting what's going on. And I know it's a Stephen Colbert line, but it's like, what, reality has a well-known liberal, liberal bias. bias? Well, and I was, I, I'm, I've said I listen to Pod Save America all the time, which is like, a liberal outlet like there is no bones about it it's former speechwriters and policy advisors to obama but the podcast they put out yesterday like trashed joe biden and in a way that clearly made them uncomfortable to do because they have a personal relationship with joe biden and i think that's a problem with 
not the problem with Democrats. It's a problem with Republicans. The problem is Democrats are willing to look into their own and saying, like, listen, this is a bad argument. You the said Al a bad Franken thing. thing. The Al Franken thing. We are willing to call out Al our Franken own. gets kicked out of the Senate. Roy Moore's going to be in the Senate for Republicans because child molesting doesn't concern them as much as and judges. Still the because it's all it's all tailbone show, right? The GOP will keep saying that they hold the moral high ground, even though they have shown time and time again that they're willing to put children in cages. They're willing to allow children to be molested. They're willing to let women be unsafe around the fucking president of the United States. They're willing to see a rise in nationalism because what? They can cut down abortion so they can give wealthy people lower taxes. Where are your fucking priorities? How do you look yourself in the mirror and say, this is great. This is super good. Trickle down. I know trickle down economics hasn't worked in the last hundred years, but I swear to fucking God, this time around, now that wealth is super concentrated among the 1%, now is when it's going to work. Now Jeff Bezos is going to be hella generous with his billions of dollars and cure disease. Wait, no. He wants to send private people to the moon? (laughs) Cool, Jeff Bezos! Really, thank you! I appreciate it! One day we we should make a Republican friend and have this conversation. I'll have my dad on! (laughs) Um, Dad! Vote Democrat. He did vote for Hillary Clinton. I there probably shouldn't, know. but he's he's. I mean, he, but he is a 1980s Republican, right? Like he was a wealthy white guy who was raised in a family in a nice suburb. He wanted lower taxes because that meant we could go on vacation. I'm like, great. Right. I had a nice childhood. All the gay people died of whatever. Yeah, I mean, no big whatever. deal. My we went on a dope vacation to Hawaii once. Like, <laughs> this is how I yell at my this dad. Story, this is not new. <laughs> This story happened last week, and it should be the biggest story of forever. It'll be quick. Um, The president of the United States said we should have a constitutional amendment that bans flag burning. The president says free speech doesn't matter, and we should just get rid of it. It's not even the first time he said that. He said it in 2016 after he got elected. But just FYI, Montana Republican Steve Daines, he's a senator, he proposed for Flag Day in mid-June a constitutional amendment to ban flag burning. It was co-sponsored by seven Republicans. What? He says, yeah, sure, you have freedom of speech, but not when it comes to the flag. Can we talk about (laughs) the flag for Republicans? Because I swear to fucking God, I... I see more people on my random like Facebook groups in Naperville or whatever. Like there was a a flag that was torn flying over like the fucking Arby's near me, and the Facebook gr- this Facebook group blew the fuck up. Like call the Arby's. I'm never eating at Arby's again. Treat our flag with respect. Like my good dudes, it is a flag, and there are literally people starving in it's Naperville, Arby's. Illinois. It's Arby's. That's the 23rd worst thing at that restaurant. Don't worry. <sighs> there are Arby's. Um, just good. FYI, the Supreme Court said in 89 that desecrating the flag is free speech. Um, last week, last week, the city of Cleveland had to pay up $225,000 to settle a case after officers retaliated against a guy who burned the flag in protest. And again, he has a right to do that. I, I don't understand the idea that you are somehow more patriotic for respecting the flag and not touching it than you are because you want the country to be a better place. It is a piece of cloth. It is a symbol. A symbol is whatever you want it to be. If you, and the thing about these conservatives is that they are conflating true patriotism with 
whatever symbol they want attached to it. So if it's standing up during the national anthem, mm-hmm. that's true patriotism. But Colin Kaepernick, who is trying to draw attention to a problem that he wants to fix right. by not standing during right. the national anthem, he's the traitor. And meanwhile, I have Same people thing. yelling at me in the fucking dog park that Colin Kaepernick isn't that good a football player. You're missing the point so hard, Bella's dad. <laughs> Sorry, there's a dog named Bella, and I have to talk to him about feminism a lot. But yeah, the idea that because you are using the First Amendment in an unpopular way, we should put a stop to it. It defeats the whole purpose of the First Amendment. And, and a, the president is like, yeah, I'm fine with that. Because he hasn't read the Constitution. Whether or not he has, he doesn't give a fuck about him. The Constitution is like a suggestion to him. It's right. a jumping off point for what he this would what like ha- to do. He values the flag more than what the flag represents. Well, and, and even if people talk about like, oh, it's about our troops... Well, then maybe you should be more un- like maybe you should be more angry about the high suicide rates among vets, the poor health care, the lack of mental health care. Nope, piece of cloth matters more than the them. homeless population from especially uh, people who fought in Vietnam. Because guess what? That shit was really fucking fucked up. And you don't just come back and integrate back into life. It's just it's so it's so fucking backwards to say that because I am anti-war that I'm anti-troops or because I don't think the flag is the most important thing we need to be worrying about means I, I hate the military. Like for what it's worth, the, his amendment is not going to pass. No, it's not going to go, not. but it's and just that's for the show. Part. Right. It's like like flinging your dong around me like, look, look at I got <laughs> one of these. Like, hey, everybody, look at this dong. But Trump the dong saying, is a bad idea Trump in this saying, scenario. Let's ignore the Constitution is to him more patriotic than someone who, uh, whatever. Didn't he call the Constitution like... Didn't he hump a flag? Yes. Oh, Christ. That okay. just came back up in my time um, hop. There's one last story. This will take a minute. Trump has this... He's like, I'm going to put tariffs on China because he just has no idea what tariffs are. But it would be like she a, said something that made him yeah. mad. It's a three hundred million dollar tariff that Americans would have to pay on Chinese goods. And the hilarious thing about this is that if he actually went through with it and put that tariff on, the the cost, the thing that would end up costing more, yeah. would be things made in China. You know what's made in China? All Bibles. <laughs> Bibles are made in China because they have the materials that Christians like, like the the type of paper they use and the that the binding, the tissue paper. Thin. Yeah, that's all China stuff. And so Trump basically is saying, "I'm going to make Bibles more expensive," and Christians still don't care because judges. Um, I would highly recommend. Um, listening to the latest episode of um what's it called planet money they talk about his tariffs and like the ultimate issue that's going to happen because of them and guess what it's not strong good news um (laughs) i forgot i wanted to mention at the top of the show on so i recently lost my job under pretty dubious circumstances everybody go to my etsy shop so i can pay my mortgage this month um so i happened to be home on tuesday or wednesday afternoon (laughs) <laughs> and I was expecting a package and some adorable rings. And I was like, ooh, what is it? And I have one of those like windows next to my door to like so I can peek through. Yes. But it was fucking Mormon missionaries and they saw me, so I couldn't pretend <laughs> they didn't see me. So I had a really it was a gorgeous day out. It was very warm. I had a really nice conversation with these two young Mormon missionary boys. They uh <laughs> they asked me if I was Christian, and I said, I literally host an atheist podcast. <laughs> this maybe isn't gonna be your best, your best stop. I offered them them in for water. Um, probably bright on their end. They did not take me up on that. But I chatted with them and they were of course, unfailingly polite. They had matching ties, which I was hella into. <laughs> um and 
one of my favorite points is that I said something about, they're like, oh, what's your podcast called? And I said, the Friendly Atheist Podcast. They're like, is it popular? I was like, yeah. I don't know. It might not be. It's really hard to say. I was like, super po- I'm the most famous. And they're like, what's it called? Friendly Atheist Podcast. And the, what, there's like a kid on the left and a kid on the right. I felt like the kid on the right was like bordering, uh, like his heart wasn't in it. And he's like, I think I've heard of that. I'm like, well, the blog's very famous. Like, I'm sure you have. And so they're asking me about, oh, what made me an atheist? I was like, oh, well, I read um, Sinners in the Hands of an Angered God in College and thought, well, this sucks. <laughs> the old sermon, fire the, and brimstone. Oh, it's so bad. Oh I read it once God. in high school and again in college. And in college, I was like, oof, oof, a doofa, this isn't great. And I was like, yeah, you know, so we talk about ch- separation church, <laughs> church and state issues. And they were very impressed by it because I was asking them about, you know, how far in their mission they were, where were they from? And they were very impressed. Those are so not the questions I would have asked. Well, Tell was, me about disfellowshipping. Well, okay, Why? this is what I will. I was trying to be nice to them because I wanted to. I, Did you say I Mormon felt like or Jehovah's Mormon. No, they. That's still shunning. It's all the same. No, it's not great. They still shun. I felt like the best move I could make at that particular point was to like be the nicest person they talked to that yeah. day, and like, and I'm so I'm wearing my feminist shirt right now, and I almost <laughs> put that one on that afternoon. I didn't, um, but <laughs> but anyway, I think my favorite part is I was asking them something about their mission, and I. God, I wish I remember what I said. But the one guy's like, wow, you really know your stuff. I was like, it's literally my job to like read about religion. <laughs> and then I think my favorite part was like, oh, we talk about separation church and state issues. And I was like, yeah, we don't talk about y'all that much. You guys are pretty chill, especially now that you don't hate gay people. And the one guy was like, so, like, so visibly uncomfortable. He's like, I don't think we ever hated gay people. And I was like, well, I really would talk to your elders about that because up until recently, like the children of Dude, gay parents it's only couldn't been have... decades since you stopped being racist yeah, openly. It was genuinely a delight. I was so happy that it happened. And I when I saw the t- I literally saw the tie before I saw the name tag and I thought like, oof, here we go. <laughs> like this is it's happening for me. Anyway, um, it was kind of nice. I sort of hope they Next listen. Next time they come over, have this set up ready to go so we can record them. Dude, have a conversation that way. I should have just flipped out my uh, my cell phone. Next right. time, though. It was genuinely nice. The one guy was from Louisville, and I was like, oh, my best friend's from Louisville. And I think they were very taken aback. So by, what like, you're telling us is you're Mormon now. Oh, did I not say that? Do you see my new underwear? It's magic. Yeah, congratulations. <sighs> no big deal. <laughs> um, so anyway, that was my anecdote. Do you have anything good going on this weekend? Uh, what's this weekend? Um, the 20... I don't know. Second? 20 I haven't... The 22nd? I got like one hour of sleep. Oh, fun. Bees. You know what? I've been sleeping a lot more since I lost my job. God, Would you believe that? I hope you Oh, get it's the kids. fucking best. Oh, my God. I'll... I'm sleeping well. I've worked out every day this week. God, I hate My you dog people. and I are hanging out. We've really, you could hear her today. We've, we've, <laughs> we have an unbroken bond. Um, <laughs> um, I've got my, so last week was my sister. I haven't slept in a week. <laughs> my baby's to, been up every night. Do you want me to take one of them? Which one? Which um, one do you like better? Just rotate. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We can tap it. <laughs> do you want to trade out Dottie for one of yours? No. Dottie sleeps 18 hours a day. <laughs> Unless you're trying to record, oh then she God. barks at you. Um, <laughs> oh my! Uh, last weekend was my sister-in-law's uh, bridal shower that I held here. It was Hallmark movie themed. Um, it was a huge success. You guys, I have Hallmark Christmas movie bingo. If anybody needs it, I spent a lot of time <laughs> on it. Um, and then tomorrow is her bachelorette party. I'm starting tomorrow morning with a 9:30 Soul Cycle class in the morning. Fucking kill me! 
No, it's going to be great. I love my sister-in-law. And this <laughs> we were going to take a hike, but it's supposed to rain all week. So anyway, that's going to be good. Um, hey, guys, if you want to support me and my newfound unemployment, you can go to um, <laughs> patreon.com. I mean, I had two interviews this week. I'll be fine. Um, uh, patreon.com slash podcasts. You can go to my Etsy shop, Bitches Get Stitched Done. Is the Etsy shop. I do custom cross stitches or non-custom if you want one. You can follow me on Twitter. That really adds to my bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> Once I hit 2,000 followers, I get like a stipend, right? I got a plaque. Did you? Congratulations. Yes. I have a question. What's it like to be verified on Twitter? Do you get like um, a special verification like channel? I had a party. I You didn't invite me. They sent me a check. Oh, can I only get invited if I'm verified? Mm-hmm. The only change I believe that happens is you get one more tab. Oh, it's the that tab. That only lets you see what other verified people are saying. <laughs> it's literally the only difference. That's the most elitist bullshit. Yeah, I've ever it really heard. is. There's <laughs> no nothing else. You can follow Hemant on Twitter at Hemant um, Meta. Yep. He Man T. Yep. Got it. Um, what else is that? It. Oh, That's we're we're planning a meetup. We're yeah, we'll, we'll get in details and then we'll let you know. We're probably still figuring it out. July, though. So just keep July open. Yeah, just Chicago. keep the entire month of July open. We'll see you next week. Okay, bye. bye.